everybody, and welcome to the most complex, most thrilling, and most exhilarating podcast uh, in your ear space. Uh, my name is Laura, and I'm one of your hosts. My name is Maggie, and I am your other host. And this is Yowie Reddit, the podcast where we, as best friends, are reading young adult novels from our past. That's 20-somethings living in a big city. It is true. We are rolling off Memorial Day weekend, and I pitched our podcast to at least 15 people that I met. I love it. I didn't do that at all. I just drank a lot of beer. That's fair. You know me. I'll get, like, three beers deep, and then I'm like, we should follow each other on Instagram. And the minute they give me their phone, I, like, fumble like I can't find myself. I... I'm almost too good at it. I have really bad service, so it's like I wasn't even thinking about anything. Oh, that's fair. Uh, But we are reading The Vampire Diaries. It is season five. You are catching us for the seventh Vampire Diaries book. Uh, This is going to be the first half of The Return, colon, Midnight. Yep. Which is the last book that L.J. Smith writes in the series before she ultimately gets fired. This one is? Yeah. This is it. This is it. Did you have a fact for us about this nope, book? No, that's going to be next book. Oh, oh, as the, yeah. the wrap-up. Yeah. We're teasing them. Yeah. Little Hansel and Gretel exactly. breadcrumbs. This is the last one. And, you know, she's going out with a bang because well, she's just doing everything. too many plot lines, listeners. There's way too many plot lines. Laura um, had to text it out for me, and it, it took up my entire phone screen, I, the summary of it. Uh, yeah, because as we know, I was busy this weekend, so I had to, of course, speed through the, uh, the entirety of this. Indy 500 speed. Yeah, Zoom. I had to speed through this in a day and a half, Oof. and just reading this book, it was just like, what is L.J. Smith doing? She used to be like... Uh, uh, such a con- the first four books were so concise and to the point. Yeah. And now she's like, I need to check in with every single character and they need to have their own plot line. And it's like, no, they do not because you've made way too many characters. Yeah, there's there's just too many now. Oh, uh, I feel like like a first four book hipster where I'm like, I remember when Damon was just like an eerie side character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. We were day one fans. Right? And uh. now, now is the time to flesh them all out. We literally figured out, what book is this? The sixth Se- one? Seventh. Seventh. When the fuck was Meredith introduced as Hispanic? Uh, well, her last name's always been Sulez. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were explicitly said, but... That is fair. I always just think it's so weird and pandery. And they did that, too, in The Click with Alicia. Yeah. Where randomly... Like, it's all, it's always a trope where one parent's drunk and she is just like, ay, mijo, que pasa? And it's like, what, why is she speaking Spanish Oh, my now? God. Maggie. Elena and her friends plus Matt are the clique. Matt is Kristen, Elena is Massey, Bonnie is Dylan, and Meredith is Alicia. Holy shit. It's There's all, no Claire in this world. Claire is it's Carolyn. It's mapped over. Claire's Carolyn. <laughs> I you don't think Claire would be or not Claire. You don't think Carolyn would be Lane Abley? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe Claire's Stefan if Elena is Massey. Well then who's Damon? Uh maybe Claire's Claire, Abley. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I I stand by what I originally said. The four of them track. That's fair. Um, and then there's vampires introduced. Uh, but boy, uh, we're going to try to make sense of it all. We're going to riff. We're going to have fun. It is a hot, hot day in Chicago. It is. And you know, you're in luck because if you were like, I didn't want to read the last book, 
we start off with Elena's diary entry where she once again recaps the entire plot of oh the my last God. book. Yeah, so of course we left off with Damon. He is a vampire. Uh, not a vampire. He is no longer a vampire. He's, he's a human. He's a little bitch boy human now. <laughs> little, little bitch pussy boy. And we have about a, like a like a five to six page diary recap. He could get a paper cut and really hurt himself. He couldn't do that as a vampire. Yeah. And now he's a human. And now he doesn't like the taste of blood anymore. So, the recap, Elena's really obsessed with, like, her blood being so pure and great. Damon is, like, a little wimpy boy because he's sad that he's a human. Sage, the hot character from last book, doesn't exist anymore. He's just gone. Um, mm-hmm. And the Satos keep giving them protection amulets, which we know are just post-it notes. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering because, um, like, in Japanese culture, they, like, practice their script before writing it on parchment. If it's supposed to be something that's, like, culturally like that, that L.J. Smith just didn't, like, introduce. Because I was reading it to my girlfriend about how crazy it is that their protection is just post-it notes with spells written on it. Yeah. And she's like... That's nuts. That seems like it skipped a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, we also know that Damon uh, wants to use the star ball that they stole to become a vampire again. Mm-hmm. Because it has, like, Misao's, uh, Shinichi's sister's, is it, like, fl- life like, force? Yeah, basically. And here's the thing. So we know that there's, like, little star balls that are the size of marbles that you can hold up to your temple. Uh, and you can see little memories, but each kitsune has a starball life force that if you, like, destroy it, it destroys them. Like a horcrux. Yeah, but this one has, they have fluid in them that you need to dump out. So now I can't stop picturing them just holding a bowling ball that's filled with liquid. Yeah, it's like a clear bowling ball. Yeah, but also I just, I still don't understand why they're holding on to it. It seems like at the end of the last book that that was, like, their leverage against Shinichi because he was like, give me Masao's Starball. And later on, we kind of notice other things um, that might be like, oh, you know, this this has her whole yeah. life force. But I thought that their life, like, Kitsune's lives, were split between Starballs, literally like Horcruxes. Uh. Like, I, I thought there would be multiple ones for one person. Why would you put your entire life in, in one? one? I mean, yeah, if you lose that, you're donezo. I lose everything. I would put my eggs in multiple baskets. Exactly, but it sounds like they don't do that. They don't, and Sage pours out half of uh, Misao's, like, memory star ball or whatever to open a gate to the Dark Dimension because he's got summons. We don't, I don't know. We he, don't know. We don't really know why he leaves. It's never explained. No, it's not. Damon like hypothesizes maybe he got summoned to go to court, and and but we yeah. don't know. He didn't yeah. really leave behind a note. Yeah, it sounds like it, well, it sounds like he also just took it for power. That's at least how I interpreted it. What I read. Yeah, that's true. But he did. <laughs> he left behind a little treat, which was his dog Saber and his um, bird. Talon? Yeah, which is like, why would he leave his cool animals behind? I don't know. Either way, whatever. Uh, tapping back into what's going on. Elena's walking up with a tray of good old human food. Beef tartare. Beef tartare for Damon. And he immediately uh, holds a knife to her throat because he thinks that she's an intruder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, just Elena. He's like, there's a lot of enemies who would, like, die to kill me right now. And you want to know what they do? They immediately start making out. <sighs> yeah, she cries. He takes her tears. And 
then this is where, like, Again. this is also where I, I hate Elena's character now because she's like, Damon, you should just take my blood anyway. And it's weird. And it's like, girl, he's a human now. Why would you have him drink your blood? I don't know. It's gross. I also, the drinking of the tears and Damon being like, she's still a maiden as in a virgin, that shit needs to stop. Yeah, it's creepy. I did love that he said that, though, and then he followed it up by being like, because Stefan is too weak right now. And I was like, okay. And they also can still, like, telepathy each other, which is weird to me. Yeah, uh, and in the telepathy exchange at one point, he does use a little flowery language, calling her, um, her, her poor white soul, and he's a demon lover, and I was like, that's beautiful. Wow, put that on a bumper sticker. Shakespeare once said. <laughs> oh my god, my chemical romance called, they want some <laughs> I, lyrics. I know. Um, and then, but like, E like in, uh, sorry, I wrote the, I write E as Elena in my notes. Oh, Elena nice. is like so insistent that she like pricks her neck, uh, like deeper, uh, to be like, no, please take my blood. Anyway, and Damon, like, tries it. It's real cringe. It is weird, because he, I feel like he insists at the top. He's like, no, it's not going to do anything, because she had nicked her throat, obviously, on the knife that he was holding up. And and then she, like, picks up the knife and, like, cuts it deeper. And it's like, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's like, oh, Elena's got, like, hard pick-me energy in this book. For real. Uh, it sucks. And then Elena's, like, consoling him because, like, of course he doesn't like her blood. He's a human now. And Bonnie walks in on, like, them in a very compromising position where Elena has her, like, arms all wrapped around him. And she's like, darling, it'll be okay. And Bonnie just, like, freaks out. Elena's like, oh, no. Uh, I think I have feelings for Damon. And Bonnie just runs. This yeah. is hilarious. Bonnie shows up with this dark magic that she drops. Damon, ma- like, catches it somehow, like, perfectly. And she runs, and Meredith and Matt are talking to Mrs. Flowers, and they're kind of debating whether Stefan and Elena will follow Meredith to Harvard or him to Kent State. And it's here comes weird. Bonnie. It's weird that, like, him and Meredith are like, oh, who are, who are Stefan and Elena going to follow? And it's like... Why would any of them care? Get a life. Oh, my God. It's It genuinely seems like they have substituted them for their mother and father. It, it, because they don't go see their family in Fells Church. I would be fucking stressed right? out about my dad and my mom. I would be like, hey, I love my friends and this, like, weird extended vacation we've had. But the first thing I would do if I was back home, I'd be like, are my parents all right? Yeah, it's like, I, I've i never been so attached to um, a, a friend, two friends of mine that were dating to be like, I hope they follow me to college. Your town is being torn to shit. Yeah. Focus on your family. Focus what, on other what things. What benefit uh, it does having Stefan and Elena around do? They don't do they anything. They don't do anything other than, like, lick each other, essentially. Like, <laughs> they roll around in bed. They don't fuck. They don't fuck. They drink each other's blood, uh, and then sometimes they twirl in the air. That's no, literally it. I love our novice mindset of being like, we're finally going to get a sex scene in this series. And you know what? We are in book seven, and we still haven't. We still haven't. And, okay, so they're debating who they're going to follow to college. Are they going to um, stay in Fell's Church and fight crime? Are they going to go to college themselves? Bonnie bursts in and they're like, Bonnie, no, what's wrong? Because she's flipping the fuck out. And instead she's like, I walked in on them and as she was calling Damon, darling, and they looked like they were on the cover of a romance novel. 
And whoop, it's bad timing because Stefan suddenly appears yeah. at the top of the stairs. Damon and Stefan enter the chat. Damon's in the doorway. Stefan's at the top of the stairs. And I got really confused here. There are a lot of times where the writing makes me think Stefan's overheard it and he's going to react and then he doesn't react. Because Stefan can hear a lot and it's like kind of teased here that he's heard a lot of the things that have gone on in the house. But conveniently, he missed out on this conversation. Stefan says he can overhear what Bonnie was saying because he heard Elena was hurt. So he tuned into their conversation. But it doesn't bring up that she kissed his brother. So what's happening? I don't know. I I would love to feel bad for Stefan, but he's such a little puss boy that I can't. Um, he just needs to move the fuck on. If you could read, or not, well, yeah, read other people's minds and also know their conversations, would you tune in? No. You wouldn't. No, I'd be worried people would say a mean thing about me and I'd get sad. I would like to think Maggie now wouldn't. Yeah. But I have gone through my girlfriend's phone three times to look at her shit talking me and then also had my ex-boyfriend's Facebook login that I looked at a year after he cheated on me. So I think I might tune in. It sounds like, Maggie, it sounds (laughs) like if you had this power, you would do it often. I think I would, just to, and then I would do that thing where I would, oh god, well, I'd be the worst vampire. I wouldn't tell them I know, but I would be moody, and people would be like, what's wrong? And I'd be like, nothing. Well, also, you like other people's drama, so I feel like you would even do it just to random people, to just find out gossip. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I like to think at 28, I'm more mature, and I could set boundaries and not listen to people yeah. shit talking. Yeah, I'd like to think that for you, too. I would definitely listen to strangers <laughs> breaking up, though, if oh, I was a vampire. You, ha- you would have to. Um, but, yeah, so, stuff's going down. We're worried that Stefan might be getting, like, weaker, which is weird because he's been feeding so much. I, he it's, has people he's drinking from around the clock. Yeah, and Damon also insinuates that Stefan used to be very popular with, like, female and male suitors, which it feels like a little bit of queer coding. It did, because he was like, Matt, are you going to be, like, the next one to feed Stefan his blood? Sorry, I keep grouping you with the girls. He was just, like, always so good with both. And honestly, I could buy Matt and Stefan being a, who do you think is the top? Who do you think is the bottom? Oh, Stefan's a bottom. bottom. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Matt does not have bottom energy tenfold. Like, he can't, he doesn't. Stefan's going to go back to feeding on animals and... With Damon saying that he's too weak, everyone's kind of nervous. Yeah. Um, And Bonnie's like, hey, Damon, I'm really sorry that I jumped to assumptions, dropped black magic wine, and then ran and told everybody what I just saw. Can you ever forgive me? And he goes, no. Um, And so then (laughs) Matt Matt gets really mad that Damon made Bonnie upset. uh, So he decides to punch Damon, which honestly, hell yeah. He was like, me and you outside. And Damon's giving his little... Prince of Darkness, dumbass monologue when Matt just clocks him in the face. Yeah, it's very funny. I love Matt. He is still one of my favorite characters. I Um, loved it. And then on top of that, Bonnie comes out to check on him. And, like, she's also realizing she's never going to have a thing with Damon. So she's like, all right, focus. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Damon, are you okay? And he's like, no. And also, by the way, I'll kill you if you stand in the way of me getting what I want. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Bonnie's like... Sad, because she's like, oh, Damon, he's mad at me. But she's like, I need to stop romanticizing death. And he did say he will kill me. But what if there's a chance? What if, yeah, that, could, that could mean something. <laughs> Holding out hope. Bonnie is the worst. She's getting into the worst relationship in college. Uh, uh, poor Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie needs some empowerment. Um, and you'd think with being, like, friends with Meredith, she would have, like, more of a 
stance on things, but boy. Someone give her a copy of the vagina monologues Ugh, or something. Somebody give her literally like a vibrator or something. <laughs> um, but then like Elena is obsessed with feeding Stefan and there's a really weird passage about Stefan being hungry um, because Elena's neck is now wrapped from like the knives and she's like, Hee-hee-hee, my, my little boy wants to feed again. Yeah, she's running up the stairs and teasing him, and there's just this just, like, absolutely insane passage where she feels really bad, first of all, about the whole Damon incident. So she's like, I'm going to give Stefan a lot. I'm going to give him what he wants. And it's on page 58, and it's just my favorite paragraph. Yeah. It said, Elena threw him a teasing glance over her shoulder and giggled. She was one of those lucky females with a beautiful laugh. But this was a clearly mischievous giggle, straight from her wicked, scheming childhood. It made Stefan want to tickle her to hear more. It made him want to laugh with her. It made him want to grab her and demand to know the joke. Instead, he said, what's up, love? I read this to people at the theater because God. I had the book with me and it I was like, I gotta like, read this too. It feels like somebody who wrote a tampon commercial wrote that paragraph. She was one of those lucky females with a beautiful laugh. He wanted to tickle her more. Like, what? <laughs> if my boyfriend ever told me he wanted to tickle me, I might doubt him on the spot. <laughs> that's embarrassing simp shit. Yeah, that's, we don't do that shit in this household. <laughs> I would be like, okay, you are on fucking hiatus for a week. I'd be like, maybe <laughs> we need to take some time apart. Um... <laughs> Let's reevaluate the, the the stakes in this relationship because that is not something I ever want to hear. Oh God! God, yeah, just cringe. They suck. So they're um, they're having their weird interaction, and Bonnie is pacing the halls at night. Oh wait, we forgot a part. The part where um he's feeding off of her neck wounds, but then she apologizes for like, "Hey, Stefan, I'm sorry I partied so much while you were dying in prison." <laughs> And he's like, it's okay, love. Like, whatever brought me to you is fine. And yeah. <laughs> Why'd she feel guilt? I yeah. was, that was so funny. It's pathetic. Okay, now we're at the Bonnie part. Okay, so Bonnie is pacing the halls like a little uh, uh, sickly Victorian child at night. And she sees Damon. And we kind of get that Damon is, like, trying to manipulate her into probably finding the star ball. Yeah. Damon's like, I'll give you all of the wine and put you to bed so you can tell me where the star ball is. She's like, ha okay. And then she falls asleep, kind of. Yeah. And Damon makes her tea, but it's, so it's like a truth serum, and asks, hey, where's the, where's the star ball at? And we find out that it's in the cellar, and that uh, is pretty much all... We need to know. Damon's like, got it, and leaves her be, creeps down the stairs, and that's where we find that Saber, uh, the dog, is guarding the star ball, which also feels like, wouldn't it, like, obvious? Like, wouldn't you be like, hey, where's Saber? Yeah, I would be wondering where the dog and the bird is. Yeah. So, who knows, but he puts Saber to sleep. He finds the ball back in the safe. It's half full. This is where we learned that, like, Sage, you know, took half of it for his own power or whatever. So Um, he has the little star ball, and he's turning around to go back up the stairs. And at the top of the stairs, Damon sees a vampire hunter with, like, a eight-foot-long fighting stave that has jewels and wood and shit. And it's Meredith. Surprise! Meredith's a vampire hunter. Yeah, and this is uh, uh, the tease to Shinichi's one of you has a secret, but then we learn that it's a bigger secret later. Uh, but we we assume right now that the secret that Shinichi was talking about at the end of book six was um, Meredith 
having a big secret that she's a vampire hunter, and her family is vampire hunters. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I, I loved it. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, And the, it gets more into the lore, but anyways, for now, he's going back up the stairs. He's kind of, like, resigned himself to his fate, and they get they fight immediately. They almost kill each other. It's kind of hot. I thought the sexual tension was so it's hot. so hot. Like, honestly... L.J. Smith tries so hard, and it's sad that when she's trying to write a very big, like, tension scene, it's like, this is the hottest thing you've written in a very long time. I know, because it'll be, like, three pages of them kissing. Yeah. Like, he chomps so, on his neck. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. And it, I'm like, are they... Okay, no, they're not kissing anymore. They're drinking each other's blood. Yeah. And then when she writes shit that is, like, straightforward like this, where it's, like, both of them are holding the ends of the stave, and it's, like, a tug and... And they're just, like, making aggressive eye contact. Like, okay. Oh, my God. I'm in for it. I I still want them to fuck. I really hope they do. Maybe the next two ghostwriters will take them up on that. She gets a little overpowered by Damon and is like, all right, enough. Let's talk. You're going to the dark dimension right now, right? Yeah. I know that. And she's like, also, I just started practicing being a vampire slayer, like, right after the whole Klaus thing. And Elena came back to life. So, like, this is brand new, but, like, I come from a back... Uh, lots of backstory for Meredith here. Yeah, she found the stave in the attic, but, unfortunately, it was after, like, Klaus was driven from town. So, she... Essentially, a great way to write that Meredith hasn't been useful until this moment. That's a great loophole for yourself. Yeah. What a coincidence she yeah. found it after a Klaus left. A lot of very convenient elements in these books. Yeah. Uh, for how messy the plot is, you'd be you'd be astounded at how easy things just get solved. No, <laughs> for real. Um, but uh, Meredith's like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna let you go. You won. You won our little standoff, fair and square. Um, so Damon starts pouring the ball out in the four corners. Um, and then Bonnie comes out of nowhere and hits him and is like, you lied to me. Yep. Light is pouring out of the ground. The dark, the gate to the dark dimension is opening and Bonnie is like wrapped around him as a koala bear, which, you know, isn't good because, uh, if they're both human and they're in the dark dimension, they're both going to be slaves. Yeah. And uh, Meredith, like, kind of tries to help them get out, but it's too late. They tussle. They both fall deep down into this hole, and they do fall into a very bad place of the Dark Dimension. And Damon is like, Bonnie, you literal idiot. Why did you do that? Yeah, they end up in an alley, and Damon's like, okay, game plan. Putting my thinking cap on. Bonnie, that's a nice little ring you got there. And she's like, thanks, it's diamonds from Lady Ulma. And he's like, perfect, we're going to sell that and we're going to put you up in an apartment ASAP. And he gets this done in 30 minutes. Honestly, hot. He gets it done so fast. Yeah. Like, okay. Damon is like, he can stick to a schedule and that's hot. He can make things happen. Yes. You know, I, I hate, I butt heads with those kinds of people who are like, just listen to me and I will take care of it. Yeah. Do not stray from it. But they're right. And they're yeah. right. Uh, but, and you hate it, but they're true. They're right. And, like, yeah, that's pretty hot. Um, so yeah. now the instructions are that Bonnie is going to stay in this apartment. Stay there. Uh, and somebody is going to come bring her two meals a day and take her to the bathroom <laughs> one time a day, which, like, that I would sucks. fail that miserably. Give me diapers. Yeah, like, Damon is really like, hey, Bonnie, your actions have consequences, and you're in jail now. I went to the office today, and I went to the bathroom six times and thought people were watching me. Oh, that's why I hate going to the office for that exact reason, because I'm like, I also just drink so much water, I have to pee all the time. I know, I was like, perfect, they think I'm crazy. Yeah. She's stressing, he's never gonna come back. 
Um, but he gives her directions to Lady Ulma if he does happen to die. Yeah, he's like, give me like three or four days. Uh, if if I'm not back in a week, then here's what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. Good luck if that's the case. Also, here's some star balls to pass the time. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in Fell's church, the cops have shown up to Mrs. Flowers to find Matt. And they're like, well, sh- we need to hide Matt. Yeah. And Meredith is like trying to stall being like, how's everything going in Fell's church? And they're like ignoring it. They're, it's not working. Um, and Elena's like, he's already fed on me. I'm going to need him to feed on Meredith so he can have enough power to influence these cops. Yeah, because for some reason, they've been there for a book and a, well, half a book, and Stefan still doesn't have enough power to influence them. Yeah, it's weird. He's gotten so much blood, and yet he still is just a little wimpy boy. Yep. Um, but now we're back in the dark dimension. It's a very, this is a very quick check-in with what's going on in the t- It's two sentences. Two sentences on my little page. Yeah. Nothing happened. Nope, nothing happened. And now, Damon is now at a castle. And we are introduced to Princess Jessalyn. Why? We don't know. How Damon found her? We don't know. Oh, yes. And her surname prior to Princess is M. M. Le Princess. Yeah, she is. And she has a long last name. I'm pretty sure she's like uh, French. Um, either way, she's, a, she's a, a newer vampire within the last two years. She's 18. Um, and she's just a rich little vampire princess. Yeah, apparently she got changed by Sage, and so he, like, sneaks into her castle, somehow kills- He strangles a guard to get there, which is like, buddy, you're a human, how? I don't know. He gets up into her bedchambers, which is all black, which he's like, nice, that's sexy. And sits on her bed and, like, wakes her up. Yeah. And she, like, pulls two knives out of, like, under, from underneath her pillow and is, like, hissing at him. And he's like, uh, she's such a new little vampire. Nobody hisses anymore. Yeah. You know, I would rightfully be confused like she is, though, because the first thing out of his mouth is like, you're so beautiful. I'm going to kill myself. I would be like, okay. I'd be like, why are you in my room? Get out. (laughs) Like, it's like she doesn't really question it. He's more like, I uh, fell in love with you, and I'm here to ask a favor. Um, and then he tells her, like, he was tricked, and that he 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 wants her, and he's been in love with her from afar. Yeah, he's like, now that I've seen you, you can kill me. Um, I was a vampire in prison, and when I left, I'm human now. And um, this works. Yeah, she's like, okay. Um, but it sounds like Damon's really sexy, and she's probably a little horny vampire, so, Honestly, like, at 18, I had just watched Perks Being a Wallflower, and if a guy was like, I would kill myself over you, it would also work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, this is what books are made of. And Maggie, I love that for you. <laughs> now um, I'd be like, obviously, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not so fast. We're checking back in with Bell's Church, where Elena just learns that Meredith is a vampire slayer now. Uh, but there's no time to digest this because uh, Elena still wants uh, Stefan to take Meredith's blood, but not to go too far into her memories. But uh-oh, that's exactly what he does. Yeah, they come to a peace truce, and it's it seems like it was also maybe Meredith was the one that was attacked by a vampire night or grandpa. Yeah. Not a lot of confusing, but when he bites her, he sees big memories. It starts at surface level, and then he just falls down a hole. Yeah. Uh, but uh, back in the world of the undead, yeah. uh, Damon is, like, s- gonna bring Jessalyn some, like, colors because since she's a vampire, all she's allowed to have is black. Um, so he decides to give her flowers to decorate her room. And honestly, his plan is working so far because she- after she bit him and drank some of his blood, 
He did drink some of hers, so this is good. Starting. In, in yeah. two days, he'll be a prince. Yeah. A prince vampire. He's like, great. Yeah, I just need uh, t- two more days. Um, and she sees the flowers. She's obsessed with him. And, obsessed. Yeah. And she's like, I need your blood now. And he's like, in front of your chain, like your chamber maiden maidens, like your, your, your people who work for you. And she goes, everybody leave. Uh, let me, uh, I'll ring the bell when I need you. And she rings it two days later. So it kind of feels like they just like swapped blood for like two days. Which is the heaviest euphemism for them having sex yep. all the time in this book. Oh, and yep, and he's basically a vampire again, and he's the captain of her guard. Yep, which is great, because he killed the last one. Easy. Honestly, say what you will about Damon, but boy, does he make moves. He makes moves. He'd like, be so much fun. The, uh, you remember how quick like, he launched everybody into like the upper class in the last book? Like, Look at him. He's done it in like two days. He's one of those friends you go out with in Vegas, and then you end the night at like DJ Khaled's VIP party. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, God, I love that guy. He's chaotic as fuck, and you cannot trust him as a good friend. Yeah. But he's so much fun. Exactly. Uh, and meanwhile, Bonnie, trapped in her motel room, uh, is trying to like pass the time. She's gone through a few Starballs that are too scary, and a few that are too soapy and she doesn't understand what's going on. But she's landed on like the 500 fairy tales for the young in the dark dimension. Um, and she likes this one because it tells her like how things work in the dark dimension. Is that the one with the two kitsunes? Yeah. And then uh, it's almost since it's 500 stories, it's like one ends and then a new one begins. And then this is where she uh, sees a kitsune story mm-hmm. uh, in the netherworld. Um, and she basically sees a story where like the master kitsune starball is held and when people get there there's seven doors and you're like prize for getting there is you can go through one of the doors and take one thing uh but if you're in a party you have to take uh you have to go into the same door you guys can't space uh out you can't go to multiple you can't split up you have to go to one door and the in this story these two twins they try to go really fast to go to two different doors and each grab something but they both get trapped in there because they broke the rules they did, and I didn't write that down in my notes, but then apparently that came up as something, an important story later on. Yep, to it's going to be Shinichi. important. It's going to be important later. Um, but back, we're back in Fell's Church. Back in Fell's Church, the cops bust in on Stefan and Meredith, and neither of them are looking, like, too good. Yeah. Meredith's got very deep rings under her eyes. Stefan had to, like, lay her down, and Stefan also looks just, like, very haunted. Yeah, but Stefan is able to influence the sheriff, um, and meanwhile, Matt, hiding in the basement, has found Meredith's, like, uh, stave that she that was using the other night. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, let's just ask her tomorrow. Nothing to do now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, basically, the, yeah, sheriffs are uh, gone at that point. Uh, yep. Matt comes back out. But Bonnie is able to visit Elena in a dream? Yeah, it seems like they're both having out-of-body experiences and... It's like their ghosts intermingle, which was wild. Yeah. And they check in on Alaric in Japan, looking at his little ruined kitsune towns. Yeah, convenient that he's researching the exact thing that's going on in Fell's Church right now. Yeah, um, I thought he was on his way back home, but apparently not. No, well, and also it says in this that he's 23, and I'm like, he was not 23 when he was introduced. No, wasn't he like 25? Yeah, I think, it, or like late 20s, maybe even early 30s. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, he's flirting with this forensic psychologist who's probably around his age, and he should be with instead of Meredith. Yeah, his, uh, her name is Celia. They're at the Island of Doom, and they're basically, like, listening as, like, the same exact thing happened here that in Fell's Church. It started with all of the young girls, moved to the young boys, and then it very much became children versus adults, and now everyone died. 
Yeah, like adults were killing kids. It was really bad. Yeah. And then we get this plot introduced that there were urns there of like I bones. I didn't understand it. That are proof everyone died. I wasn't sure what was so special about them. But Bonnie and Elena write on a mirror indicating Alaric should send photos of the urns to Meredith for proof. Which I... For help or something. Why not just tell her yourself? Yourself, yeah. Um... Who freaking knows? But Celia asks Alaric, um, like, because he's like, oh, uh, nothing. I think I just need to send these photos to uh, Meredith. And she's like, oh, who's Meredith? And he goes, my friend. Uh-oh. And they were like, how dare you say that about a Meredith? You're engaged to be engaged. I was like, shut up. Shut up. Literally shut up. Get a life. Oh, so apparently the jars can be used to lure Masao and Shinichi inside them. I think that was what was important oh, about them. Oh, that's really smart. I really, I was I was reading so fast that and it was explained so quickly and so briefly that I didn't fully absorb into my brain. It was really hard. Um, but back in Fell's Church, they, 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 they tap out of this out-of-body experience. And Elena is... Of course, a little pris, and she's like, well, Meredith, if you were a vampire slayer when this whole thing began, would you have killed Stefan? And Meredith's like, I don't know. Meredith was like, "Uh, nah, honestly, I'm fine with Stefan, but I don't know Damon besides you being close to him. Yeah. To Elena would get her ass. Oh, my God. And Elena's like, well, all things considered, everything's worked out perfectly. And Meredith's like... You died and can't see your family anymore. And Elena's like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's like, oh my God, Elena, you suck. Okay, so Stefan figured out from when he was drinking Meredith's mind, too, at this moment, that she has a twin brother uh, whose name starts with a C. Do you remember it? Christian. Christian. Who was either killed or taken to be a vampire. We don't know. We don't know. And we realize this is the bigger secret that Shinichi was referring to. Not that she was a vampire player, a slayer. That she was has a twin. That's a bigger secret. And boy, does it unfold later. And it is cool. Yeah. But meanwhile, Bonnie wants to get a fucking sugar plum. Because of course she fucking does. She's so sad. She's so alone. And one of her little fairy tales she watches as one of these little werewolves gets a sugar plum. And she's like, I know there's a little bakery across the street. I'm going to go get myself a sugar plum. So she goes over there. She learns from this other slave that people are... The slave women are, like, calling themselves... Names that are kind of like tangents of Bonnie, uh, yeah, Elena, the al- Meredith. the aliases that they had to use. It's, baby, it's basically like the feminist movement. For yeah, them. people are changing their name into like Eliana, Bonna. Bonnie with a Y. Oh yeah, Bonna. Or, um, I forget what Meredith was. Know, yeah, but people are doing that because it's the feminist, it's, it's the first wave of feminism in the underworld. It truly is. Basically. Um, but Bonnie goes up to the, the shop owner and she's like, one sugar plum. He's like, yeah, where's your pass? You're a slave. Um, and Bonnie's like, I didn't think I needed a pass. I thought I could do this. And he's like, no, where's your owner? And she's like, uh, uh, and she just runs. And, and then, he like tases her. Yeah. And she collapses. And then she wakes up in a depot for runaway slaves. Which uh, only, only gets worse. Only gets worse. She meets someone named Aaron who tells her, Aliana, who was Elena, says to like help the weak. And Bonnie's classified as weak. So she's, she's nice to her. But like, yeah. she kind of describes, it seems like if you're like a really uh, desired slave, it seems like you can get sexually assaulted. Yeah. Right? That's pretty much what it alluded to. Um, and also like, <laughs> apparently like Aliana's messages are like, getting whispered through the village and Bonnie's like, uh, Elena didn't say any of that, but like, I guess she like stood for it, whatever. 
Um, yeah. And Damon, who is now a vampire again, is like, oh, shit, I forgot about Bonnie. <laughs> uh, and he goes on his little adventure to find her and realizes that she is missing. Oh, and he gets mad he as a landlady. Yes. He's there. Bonnie isn't there. Because um, Bonnie's being all dressed up pretty, like, to be yeah. sold and put in a carriage. She, yeah. And Damon's grilling a guardian. And he's like, where are slaves being sold? Yeah, and while they're waiting for all of these uh, men to arrive at this great hall, anyone's like, does anybody know a good story to tell? And Bonnie's like, I've got a good story to tell. So she tells the story of the Katsune, uh, the one that she saw in her star ball. And then at the very end of the story, she realizes that the hall is now filled with people who now think she's amazing because she's so pretty and told a fun story. Really unfortunate. Really she unfortunate. She drew attention to herself yeah. because none other than Shinichi ends up at this auction. And boy, does he want to talk to her. Yep. And yeah, he basically, I think, like, buys her so he can take her upstairs. I thought so. It seems like it was like a vetting process, but he's like, you are telling the slaves stories of our legendary treasures from the Starballs in her room, which I thought seemed like myths. But he's like, I'm really interested in this Starball that details where our treasures are that were taken from us. Yeah, we basically learned that what Bonnie saw wasn't from a Starball, and that is an actual, like, real thing yeah and since he already went to the apartment and like couldn't find the star ball with the story when he went there uh he's like well we're gonna we're gonna kill you now sorry that's how it works you know too much and it sucks for her because she just had a premonition that she gets thrown out the window in the room and yeah you know that's what's on what's up next that's what's on the docket uh but meanwhile (laughs) meredith gets a lark's pictures and it's time to make some urns which was a weird jump uh, and a weird plot point to introduce, because boy, do they spend some time making these urns for a few pages. Yeah, I don't know. Mrs. Flowers, like, gets a pottery wheel. Yeah. It's it's used to fight the Katsune, yeah. whatever. And meanwhile, Elena, her altruistic whole being, is like, I can go and save Bonnie. And Stefan's like, no, you're not going back to the dark dimension. Yeah, Elena has cabin fever real bad. Yeah. Uh, and then Elena uh, makes the big jump after being told that she can't go save Bonnie and Damon that she wants to have sex. She's decided now she's going to lose her virginity. Yeah, and or if she hasn't lost it already in the motel. Well, she didn't because, remember, Damon earlier in the beginning of this book tasted her tears and said that she was still a maiden. Maybe he's she's his maiden. Who knows? If you take someone's virginity, can you not tell it? Do you think? <laughs> I have no idea. If I hope we find out. Way? But, yeah, I'm still holding on to the fact I hope they fucked. I know. Um, but honestly, Elena taking off her clothes, getting ready in bed, and then she gets uh, too afraid and wimps out. They get down to their underwear. And he's like, we don't have to do anything. And she's relieved. And I'm like, you initiated it, though. Yeah. Follow through for your fans. Yeah, and then they do, like, this weird blood exchange instead. <sighs> um, but meanwhile, Matt gotta make these urns. He's like, okay, we need some clay, but not in Fell's church. So he goes looking for clay. He's thinking about the Katsune. He's like, man, we really got ourselves a mess on our hands. He's like, I'm going to drive really pa- fast past the thicket so I can get out of here. And Fell's church looks straight up bombed. Like, yeah. it's overgrown with foliage and shit. And when he gets home, he gets out of his car. Oh, I hated this scene. The scene is creepy. He sees, like, two kids sitting in a tree. One is eating out of a bag that's moving. And the other one's just, like, hanging by. Like, he has his, like... Uh, lower legs wrapped around the branch and is hanging upside down. Which wouldn't be that weird, but all the birds stop singing, and then he turns around, and there's just, like, kids crawling at him. And approaching him. How I imagined it was, um, like, the girl from The Ring. Yeah. Or the, um, The Grudge. Yeah. 
Which sucks. Um, um, and Matt's like, don't worry, I have my post-it notes. Yeah, he starts slapping post-it notes on them, and that's, for some reason, defeating the demon children. Yeah, the, the children are, like, snapping out of it and just, like, bursting into tears because they're like, what's going on? And then somehow Dr. Albert shows up. Yeah. Um, and they're leaving. She, Dr. Albert, she's like, ha, peace out. We've done with this for too long. Thank God she's taking her family because the kid in the tree in the bag was his guinea pig that he starts eating. Which, yeah. Um, if I started eating my own dog, no matter how old I was, if I was 11, I would be like, just run me over with your car. Yeah, absolutely. I would hate um, that. But Matt asks uh, the Alberts to take his mom with them because he's really worried about her. Uh, so they do, like, a really quick paragraph of him just, like, going to his house, hugging his mom goodbye, and being like, okay, bye, everybody. And then he goes upstairs to get his shoes because his, the ones he's been wearing are so messy now. Yeah. And when he gets back outside, there are two cops waiting for him, and they arrest him. Yep. It seems like they're from the count- the city or the right. county Richmond. Yeah. Um, and we pick up with Bonnie being about to be thrown out a window and when the- Misao comes in and, and she, she looks... Is- Bad. Not looking good. A little, a little sickly girl. And she's like, wait, before you throw her off, ask her <coughs> about the star ball. She, she's like, fine. What about the star ball? And Bonnie kind of, on the, at this point, is like, you know what? I'm going to be killed. I got nothing to lose. Tells the truth. Because why yeah. not? Yeah. She says, you know, Sage used half of it to open the gate to the dark dimension. And Damon used the other half. And they're like. Thank you for your honesty. You're, now we're going to kill now you. Now we're going to throw you out the window. Uh, Meredith is uh, now outside of the toes, getting more amulets. Isabel, she's like on the upswing. She comes out and hands her some post-it notes. And they have like kind of like a cute exchange of just like Isabel's like kind of like, yeah, like trying trying to be back to normal again. She thinks it's kind of weird that Isabel and her family didn't ask about Bonnie or Matt. And then yeah. you think that's going to lead into something. And it then it doesn't. It doesn't. Instead, we go to her family. Yeah. And her parents are not doing well. They are stressed for some reason. Suddenly. Her mom's drunk. Her mom's um, drunk. Her speaking Spanish, like we said. Yep. And her dad is like, oh, we have to tell you things, Meredith. But it's like, it's never really, like, told why they suddenly are, like, drawn to tell her this. I don't know. And it's like, why is this secret suddenly eating away with them so much? They start talking about her family history, and the history is that Klaus had Meredith drink her twin brother's blood... And she's supposed to have a tablespoon of blood each week, which she randomly has been having her whole life and not second-guessing. Well, no, because uh, they've been putting it into blood sausages. Oh. Would you not notice? No, it's like a a normal cuisine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because he said it could come from animals, so I think they've just been making sure she has meat every week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Klaus, what if she wants... Wait, what? Whoa, pause. What if she wants to be a vegetarian? I think she can't. I think her parents would have threw a big old fit. But I don't, either way, it's kind of insinuated, like, Meredith might be a little vampire. It is. Klaus took her brother, um, but left her, and she uh, speeds on back to the boarding house because it's... Oh, wait. Oh, nope, this is something else. Yeah, we, we cut back to Damon has finally found out where Bonnie is. And it, it feels like it, it is too late, but Damon swings into the upstairs, and he gets her safe, and then they kiss. <gasps> that was so weird. Yeah. I don't, okay, first of all, he lucked out on the Guardian's advice, like, finding her at the last minute, and then he's crying because he was nervous they'd kill yeah, her. Yeah, sounds like Damon might have more feelings for Bonnie than he initially anticipated. But he also kisses her forehead. Yeah, he calls her his little red bird. Um, and then Bonnie's like, okay, I'm independent and strong now. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad at you. 
Um, and then I also, I know where the Mega Star Ball is, because it turns out it was a real thing that I saw, not a fake thing that I saw. Which is the most important takeaway from that. Yeah, exactly. And we think that's really going to lead into something, but it doesn't right now. It probably will later. Yep. Okay, so Meredith is speeding on back to the yeah. boarding house. I was trying to combine the notes to be, but you know what? We, I, gotta, we gotta jump the way LJ Smith jumps in order to make sense of it all. I think otherwise I would be confused. If LJ Smith says jump, you say how high. <laughs> oh my god. So Meredith is speeding on back to the boarding house and the person who was knocking on the door to like get uh, Stefan and Elena's attention was Mrs. Flowers because she's like, Stefan... Meredith, Meredith wants to see you. Um, and she's like, okay, low down. Here's all the, everything my parents told me. And Stefan's like, well, you don't seem like a vampire. That's like, what does that mean? It, it, yeah, exactly. She's like, not a full one, but if she ever drank a bit of vampire blood, she might have a higher chance of being one than like a human. Yeah. And she shows them the pictures that her parents have been getting of her brother, Christian. From Klaus. From Klaus, who is very much a vampire. Yeah, he would send them, it seems like, every year. On their on her birthday. On her birthday. And what's interesting about her twin brother, Christian, is that he... Is probably really hot. Is probably really hot. <laughs> that is true. But he also, like, grew up from age three when he was kidnapped into, into a vampire. He can, yeah. he can age. Yeah. Um... That's weird, yeah. Which is kind of wild. Maybe they didn't fully, maybe they like, because maybe he didn't fully transition when he was three, though. Maybe like Meredith. Yeah. Because they do a little vampire test with Meredith, which is um, Elena, like, pricks her wrist and then holds it out to Meredith and her teeth get a little longer. They're described as kitten teeth, which yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but, oh my gosh, where did I leave off my notes? Um, but pictures of that. Oh, uh, she's freaking out. Meredith is freaking out. That's a lot of things to j- learn. And Mrs. Flowers anticipated this, so she just put, like, sleeping drugs in her tea that she made for her. And they're like, Mrs. Flowers, you drugged her? And she's like, no time. We gotta worry about Matt now. Yeah, and Elena's like, first, let me write in my diary. And Stefan's like, Elena, no. Oh, my God, that was so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. So she writes in her a diary being like, I'm so frightened and scared of everything that's going on, but they are off to get Matt. And we have a big old jump here. Matt is in jail awaiting his trial. That yeah. they have somehow organized... In maybe 45 minutes. They know he's there because Mrs. Flower's mom apparently telepathically told her, hey, he's not in Fell's church. Yeah. And instead, he's just whisked to jail, whisked to trial. Yep. And uh, trial trial's happening. He's not allowed to hire an attorney. He's getting a self-appointed one. Uh, and the appointed one, honestly, pretty nice. I just, I can't believe, was she on speed dial? Because he's truly in jail for, like, five minutes, and then I imagined it, and then right next door is just a Well, like, yeah, Carolyn was awaiting. Like, she was there ready to ready to take the stand. It felt like a surprise birthday party. Right? But yeah. It's, and it's just like, man, the justice system in Ridgemont really has it going. People in Chicago stay on trial for years. I know, seriously. <laughs> I mean, good for them. Yeah, man. Maybe we could all take a a page out of this so more more people don't have to wait trial for this long. Yes, everyone should be sitting in a courthouse at every time is what I learned from this. His lawyer bursts through the door 30 minutes late, playing catch up, and they don't even let um, those two talk before Caroline takes a stand. But also, okay, Matt does like try to fill her in on things. 
And she does not doubt, like, anything he's saying because she's like, he's like, Caroline is a werewolf and she is having werewolf babies. Elena is not dead, but is dead, has died. And Gwen's like, uh-huh, taking notes. And you said werewolf baby. Okay, cool. Let's let's do it. Yeah, and he, even when Caroline's on the stand, she does ask her questions like, and are you a werewolf, basically? And the judge is like, this is fucking ridiculous. But Gwen does, Gwen stands her ground. Yeah, and it, which is weird. Um... Oh, yeah, I guess. And Matt is, like, just angry that, like, they're not letting his his attorney attorney. Yeah. And they decide to duct tape him. Oh, my God. That was so... Yes, he kept interrupting. So the answer to that wasn't to, like, I don't know... Call a recess or something? Yeah. Or, like, move the defendant? I don't know what you do. Duct tape him to the chair. Yeah. And, yeah, Gwen keeps asking more questions. Caroline's, like... Standing her ground and putting on a great performance. She has some great cover-up. She's like, me and Matt dated in secret so Tyler wouldn't find out. Yeah. Which, honestly, I mean, great alibi. Yeah, she cries during it. It seems very believable. But then there's a bunch of just, like, loud door slams. And Elena, Stefan, Mrs. Flower, and Saber the dog show up to save the day. Saber's big old wolf hours. He starts howling. Yeah. And Caroline... The judge and, like, three jury members turn into wolves. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they turn into wolves. And that, it's, it's freaking weird. And then so a lot of people just start throwing up because it was so disgusting. And um, everyone, like, it's straight, it leaves. Yeah. They leave. They all leave the courtroom. Matt is done and he he just walks out. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, I guess Matt's, Matt's free. That was the fastest trial. Yeah. It was, like, eight pages. It was also hardly a trial. It, I know. Um, and that's where we're going to leave off for part one of book seven. Yeah, we think that that was enough for you to digest. Yeah, it was, we're still digesting it. 262 pages of yeah. pure nonsense. I have no idea what, how this book is going to wrap up. I really hope Shinichi and Masao are gone. I'm so sick of dealing with them as villains. They suck. Yeah. Um, not like they suck because they're so bad, but like they suck because they're just stupid characters. They're really fucking annoying. Yeah. Um, which that'll bring us to our top five. Yeah, we want to spice it up. We want some action. We want anything that's other than this. So we did our top five for this week is top five characters we should kill off for drama and ratings. Yep, let's spice it up, baby. Uh, number five, we're going to ease into this. We think we should just kill off Isabel. Yeah. Honestly, she was on our last legs. I don't really know why we saved her. We got a lot of deaths in, like, the first four books, so I feel like we're, we're due for some spicy deaths. I kind of feel like all of those infections would just be permanent pain forever. Yeah. And, and there's no point. No point. Uh, number four, another pretty easy one, Alaric. We never hear from him. We never hear... He was around for so little, and he just gets briefly mentioned every 600 pages we read. This is the first time we've checked in on him. In a while. He's not important. He sucks. It could be an easy one for like 10, no, not 10 minutes, like five minutes of shock. Be like, wow. And then be like, whoa, okay, I'm done. Yeah, he's also a predator and he doesn't really seem like he's talking to Meredith. So, yeah. yeah. Kill him. Uh, Number three, this one would cause, this one would cause some fans to rebel. Give us five stars regardless. Kill Bonnie. See what happens there. I love Bonnie, but honestly, she's so lovable that killing her off would create some drama. She doesn't add much. She just cries a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's, she's a good comedic relief. Yeah. I but, guess that's true. But it would create some 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 havoc if she died. It would. 
Um, and now we are in our Havoc answers, which number two is Stefan. Honestly, I am so sick of Stefan. Kill him off. He was honestly about to die, and they just had to save him. They put, let's put Fell's Church on pause and go save Stefan. All he has is an annoying hero complex and doesn't seem like he has good dick game. Yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> Get rid of um, him. And number one, and this is for Z ultimate drama. Kill off Elena. Make Meredith the protagonist. Elena sucks now. Yeah. Meredith has a whole cool new plot line. Get rid of Elena. She already died. Kill her again. She's not she, interesting. She, I literally wrote out every plot element that is in this book. And Elena, none of them are about Elena. Elena's not involved in any of them. Yeah. Which, I guess, brings us to the cancel character of the week. This one's hard. Do you have one? I would maybe need to think for a hot minute. Yeah, I, I thought for a second as we started the top five, uh, I'm torn between two. Okay. Uh, I'm torn between the cops as a whole. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I also have. just Alaric. Okay. I can, you know, that's... I'm going to go with Alaric. Yeah. I mean, not only is he a predator, um, he is... It seems like cheating on Meredith. Yeah, it seems like he's really leading her on, and he's didn't even say, like, he can't even tell other people he's, his girlfriend is gross. Alaric was gross when he first met him, he's gross now. The justice system, not something we can fix overnight. Killing yeah. Alaric, something we can fix overnight. Yeah, exactly. It's easier to cancel Alaric <laughs> than an entire institution. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, that'll be our canceled character. Hell yeah. And that's going to be it for this episode of, I always forget the name of this book. Nightfall. Uh, the, re- the, the Return Nightfall? Is it The Return Nightfall? I think it's Midnight. Oh, it is Midnight. It's I wrote, Midnight. I wrote Nightfall. I wrote, I wrote Midnight. That's why I panicked because I was like, did I write the wrong name down? Nope, you're right. Um, this is book seven, The Return Midnight. We are going to do part two next week. Lord help us. Uh, we're so excited. Lord help us. Uh, we're, we're. Over halfway through this book series now. We're in the final stretch. We are. We can power through. We've done it before. We have done it. This might be the hardest. Um, We say that every time it happens. We do. We said the click was really hard. We said private was really hard. Yeah. But I look at everything through rose-colored glasses. Yeah, we do. We really do. Um, But that's going to bring us to our wrap-up. And here's the part where we wrap up the episode. This is us wrapping up, telling you to follow us on Instagram at Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. And on TikTok and Twitter at Reddit. Oh, yeah. We're having a bunch of fun on TikTok. We're having way too much fun on TikTok. And someone simply should stop us. So simply should stop us. We have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of content. Um, And then if you also are like... But I don't have access to a phone. <laughs> you can email us on your computer. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, Maggie and Laura present at gmail.com. You can also go to MaggieandLaura.com for more fun times, more gags, more goofs. Yeah, and if you want to be the one to take someone else's phone and rate us five stars this week instead of me, do it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yeah, uh, if you're thinking, wow, I already rated them five stars. Ask a friend to rate us five stars. Do you live with your mom or dad? There's two phones. There's two phones. Uh, But that would be super helpful for us because that would uh, ensure that we get more listeners and we can keep doing the podcast the way it is done. Yep. Um, And that would be awesome. And also we're part of the Audio Mint Podcast Network. Uh, A lot of our friends are on that podcast network. So if you're looking for a good podcast, look there. And we love you. And we love you. <laughs> wrap up complete. Uh, one day we'll get really good at the wrap up. But I, always, I think we're already pretty good at it. Yeah, I kind of like stumbling. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, thank you listeners for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.